Press means to apply force. When God said press, prayer reaches every single situation. He gave us permission to apply force to every situation that we will go through. And in this podcast, we are going to learn to apply force to what's applying pressure to us. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Press Podcast. I am so glad that you are here with me today. God has been good to us. The fact that we are even alive, that we can think to think about him is a blessing. So we're just going to dive right in. For those of you who have not been here with us before, we are on a prayer journey together through the scriptures to see how God has been. And that will tell us how he will be and how he is today. So we're looking through the prayers of the Bible. We're looking at the scriptures to study how God responds, what makes him react, and how he thinks. And of course, in this journey, we always remember that prayer reaches every single situation, and that's why we press. Today, I am excited to look in the book of Exodus chapter 4. This is a very, very short prayer. It is only 16 words. Exodus 4.13. And it's talking about Moses, one of the most famous characters in the Bible. And the Bible says, and he said, Oh, my Lord, Send, I pray thee, by the hand of him whom thou wilt send. Such a short prayer, but when we put it into context, there is actually a lot happening here. If you know anything about Moses, you know about God using him to cross the Red Sea to deliver the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt, the Hebrew people out of the land of Egypt. You know that he was used to do many miracles, that he prophesied, that it was to him that God declared, I am that I am in Exodus 3. He saw the bush burning, but not consumed. He got to know God in many different ways. He is for many a hero in the Bible the way he walked with God. But I love the scriptures because in the Bible, we also get to see the humanity of Moses a lot. Not all of the people written of in the Bible do we get to know of their life, their background, or even their thought process. But Moses, you get to see a lot of what made him human and you get to see how God can use real people. Looking at Moses, the Bible records in Numbers 12 and 3. Now the man Moses was very meek above all the men which were upon the face of the earth. Moses did not think very highly of himself. He was very humble. He was more humble than all the men in the whole world. He was not saying, it's all in me. I'm great. I can do it. He never did any of that. He was always lowly. So that is his strength. That is actually something that the Lord seems to compliment him for in Numbers 12 and 3. But what we have to watch even with our strengths is that they can also be a weakness. And so we see that. His strength being his weakness is presented before God here in Exodus chapter four, when he's talking to God and he's asking him, the man that you'll send, let him go. When he's asking him, oh, my Lord, send, I pray thee by the hand of whom thou will send. Initially, this prayer sounds like, oh, God, have your way, you know, send who you want to send, use who you want to use, all of that. But that is not what's happening here. Moses has been talking to God in chapter four and throughout chapter three as well. In chapter three, God presents himself as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, as the great I am, as the one who will deliver his people out of the land of Israel. And he's doing this presentation. He's talking to Moses about who he is and what he's going to do. And he lets Moses know, I want to do it through you. God tells Moses in Exodus chapter three, I am that I am in verse 14. And he goes on to say to Moses in verse 15, thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, 
the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, hath sent me unto you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial unto all generations. He tells Moses, go and gather the elders of Israel together and say to them, the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob appeared unto me. I have surely visited you and seen that which is done to you in Egypt. So he's giving him in Exodus three fourteen fifteen what to say to the children of Israel. And he makes it very clear, Moses, I am sending you to the children of Israel and I'm sending you to them for their deliverance. And I want you to tell them I sent you. Not only do you tell them that I sent you, I want you to tell them how I visited upon you and how I have heard their cry. And he goes on in verse 18, it says, they will hearken to your voice. They will listen to you. And he tells them also that in verse 19, and Pharaoh's not going to let you go. The king of Egypt is not going to let you go, but I'm going to do signs and wonders. If they don't listen to you after the first sign, I'll do this. And he shows them that's Exodus 4, 1 through 8. But Moses tells God. Now, just that alone, Moses is telling God. Think about it. When we're rebutting what God can do through us, just think about the whole concept of God. God is, by definition, a deity, reigning, supreme, omniscient, meaning all-knowing, all-seeing, all-powerful. You can't hide from him. We believe he created us and the heavens and the earth. And Moses is now informing him in Exodus 4.10 that he's picking the wrong person. So he Here's what God says to him. He knows God is talking to him. He has seen the signs that God has offered to do through him. And God has proven he can do them by doing them in front of Moses first. And now Moses says, but hold on, God, wrong person. I'm not eloquent, neither heretofore nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant. But I am slow of speech and of a slow tongue. He's like, I understand you can do all that, but nothing's changed about me. I cannot speak well. I have poor speech. I don't know how to articulate well. So basically, God, you forgot something. I'm really the problem here. You've got the wrong person. And the Lord said unto him in Exodus 4.11, Who hath made man's mouth? Or who maketh the dumb or deaf or the seen or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Understandably, God is upset. He's saying, look, hold on. I know who I'm talking to. Forget you. We're not just talking about you. Let's just talk about all the mouths in general. I'm not even going to talk about your slow tongue or your slow speech. Let's just talk about everybody who's ever existed. Who made their mouth? Who created the concept of mouth? Who made it so people can be dumb, deaf, or seen, or blind? Don't I control that, Moses? Understandably, God has an attitude with Moses. He says, now therefore go, in verse 12, and I will be with thy mouth and teach thee what thou shalt say. As a parent, I'm kind of taking on a different tone because I know I have told my kids to do things before. I knew without a doubt they could do it, whether it's clean up this room, tie your shoe or whatever. And it's things that they had the propensity to do, but not necessarily felt comfortable doing when they first started tying their shoe. It took practice. Some kids are more outgoing than others, but you know, you always have a child whose confidence you have to build. And that's not a bad thing, but you do have children who don't just believe they can handle it or believe they can do things. There may be one, for example, that you tell them to tie their shoe. They're like, yeah, great. Got it. After the first few times, they're good to go. They never need you again. 
But there may be others who that shoe has become loosened after they tied it or it got stuck in a knot and they couldn't get it off their foot. And now they don't want to tie the shoe anymore. And so to get them to tie the shoe again, you're like, tie your shoe. And they're like, no, can't you do it? I just need help. And you're like, no, I know you can do it. No, no, no. But you know this child, you know, you have to push them. You know that they have the capability, just not the confidence. God is a good parent. He does know who he's talking to. Not only does he take the standpoint of God saying, look, I didn't just start with your mouth. Your mouth is not my first mouth. This is not my first day. You're not my first creation. I made the whole concept by which you're telling me you can't operate. But he also says, look, now go and I'll be with your mouth and teach you what you'll say. I'm going to teach you how to talk. And that's where Moses's prayer came in, in Exodus 4.13. Oh, my Lord, send, I pray thee, by the hand of whom thou wilt send. Basically saying, God, send whoever you'll send. Wait a minute. The problem with this concept here is that God has already said who he would send. He said he was going to send you, Moses, you. You're letting your insecurities and your doubts cause you to come to God making a request that's anti what he's already expressed he wanted from you. I found this interesting because I know I've wrestled with insecurities in the past concerning what I felt I could or could not do for God. I come from a long line of people who are used mightily by God, some amazing preachers, teachers. I even have a brother who wrote a Bible. Check it out here, study Bible. He started when he was 15, finished when he was 35. I really don't know what you do after your sibling writes a Bible. I guess you start a podcast, right? Anyway, I understand what it's like to look at something and think that I can't do this. I don't know how to do it. I don't feel capable. And I have even made the mistake of Moses in trying to pray about that. And I must say, God didn't baby me either. Because here, he does not baby this foolishness. He expects us to trust him above ourselves. And I call it foolishness because I had to learn how many times I went before him telling him what I can't do even when he says, I can. And when I start to put myself in a position where my words and my thoughts about myself usurp what he's saying I can do and be, which one of us is trying to sit in the God seat? You see, I had to repent. I had to humble myself because praying about your insecurities, especially relative to ministry and what you can do for God, does not always come from what we would think is a bad place. We're looking at ourselves saying we're lowly, we're incapable, I can't do it. And the thing is, God is not asking you to do it. He's asking you to do it with him. That's a key difference, that he's asking you to do it with him. And with him, all things are possible. With him, there's no greater force. With him, you're guaranteed to be victorious. With him, you have all of heaven and earth backing you. But you're saying when he tells you to go and you don't go because you don't feel capable, you're saying, even with you, I'm not enough. This is the problem with Moses's prayer. This is why God got angry in Exodus 4.14. It says, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. And he said, is not Aaron the Levite their brother? God got tired of him. He was upset. And in this instance, the Lord conceded 
a bit and allowed Aaron to be the mouthpiece of Moses. This was the Lord's concession. This was his mercy. This was his compromise that he said, okay, Aaron can speak for thee. He didn't argue with Moses, but he was angry. I will say to you that God knows who he is choosing. He knows who he's talking to. He knows your capability. He doesn't need you to produce a capability statement or a list of insecurities, doubts, or shortcomings for yourself. He knows who he's talking to. And though I looked at the scripture and I was like, well, you did have mercy on Moses. You did go ahead and allow Aaron to help him, even though you were angry. First thing that came to my mind, because I always pray about these lessons as well, is that these things are left for our benefit, for our learning, for our growing. We have the benefit of knowing Moses' mistake. We have the benefit of knowing that God gets angry when we tell him what he can't do through us because of our incompetence. We can't take for granted that he's going to have the same mercy on us that he had on Moses. Moses is a pioneer. Moses is stepping out on God in a way that is unprecedented before this time. We have the benefit of seeing. Don't come to God telling him what you can't be with him. It's okay to say, God, I don't feel good enough. I don't feel strong enough. But where faith comes in and what he expects when you realize who you're talking to is that you'll let the reality that he is all intercept your self-doubt and cause it to bow. Yes, you may be humble. Yes, you may be meek. But don't let your strengths also be your weakness. Don't let your strengths even become excuses for your weaknesses. God knows who he's talking to. I may not know who I'm talking to today, but I know in this day and hour, God is looking for people that will believe him, will stand up before him, and will declare his name, his works. He's looking for a generation that's going to know him and be unashamed and be bold. And I challenge you to let God use you. Let God have his way in you. Do not hide behind your insecurities because he is not excusing them. And when you feel weak, when you feel incompetent, when you feel like you can't do it, remember that prayer reaches every single situation. Join the movement. Join the community. Like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. Visit us at PressToPray.com or find us on Instagram or Facebook. Did you know that when you are quiet, your voice is missing to God's ears? I know some of us have prayed and we're wondering, how long should I pray about this? Why should I pray if God already knows? How will I know God is answering? And what do I do when I feel like God's not listening? But God is listening for your voice. It's too quiet in this world for the troubles we have. You have to raise your voice and God wants to hear from you. It's Too Quiet, a book about prayer, is designed to answer your prayer questions and build your faith. Visit PressToPray.com.